Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Welcome once again to the Growing in Grace podcast. Mike Kapler, Joel Brzezinski. I'm Mike. He's Joel. We're glad you're with us. Thank you very much. Joel, I I, I know we like to banter sometimes, but um, I think we're going to see how close we can get to finishing our our series in Hebrews today. So maybe we'll, we'll jump right into it. We kind of left off at the end of chapter 11, the great faith chapter, and now uh, Hebrews 12. And really what's happening here clearly now is the, the writer is winding down, offering some exhortations in chapters 12 and 13 as he wraps up his message. It's almost like he's done with most of what he wanted to say, and now he's he's wrapping things up here. And in, in the broadcasting business, uh, whether it's radio or TV, sometimes you, you'd see a producer off camera or whatever, they're wrapping their finger in the air saying, come on, wrap it up. It's time to wrap it up. That's what he's doing here. But let's jump into this, Joel, and let's see where it takes us. Yeah. So he talks about in chapter 11, like we talked about last week, this great cloud of witnesses, all these people that um, various things were done by faith. And he says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now remember what he had just said, the sentence before, what we know is the end of chapter 11, and all these, having obtained good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. So we're all going to be made perfect together, is what he's saying, and that is through Jesus Christ. And so he says here, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I used to have a a, f- a friend who, who would, you know, let us run the race with endurance, the race that is set before us. And he's, we got to strive. We got to struggle. We got to really make sure that we're avoiding sin and doing good. And again, like we've talked about a lot, you know, avoiding sin is good. Doing good is good. But here, the race that's being talked about is looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one that went through all that he went through on the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down. We talked about that a few weeks ago, that the priests, they would have to stand all the time. Jesus sat down because it was finished. The work that he did was finished. And so, like you say, I think a lot of chapter 12 and 13 here, the writer is, he's provided a really solid explanation of all that was accomplished through Jesus and everything that we have in Christ having nothing to do with our works, having nothing to do with what we do. Salvation, sin taken away, all of this stuff provided freely by God through the cross of Jesus Christ. And then he kind of, I see Paul doing this in a lot of his epistles. We don't know if Paul wrote Hebrews or not, but I know people have different opinions, but I notice in a lot of Paul's epistles, he'll write solidly about what we have in Christ, our identity, the grace that we have. It's all by grace through faith. And then he'll he'll write a couple of what we know as chapters on what does this look like when it's lived out. And I kind of see, like what you were saying, Cap, here at the end, 
he's winding down and he's saying, okay, now here you understand all this stuff. Now here's just a few exhortations of what this looks like of, of daily living in Christ now. And I, th- I think that's kind of what I see him doing here. Yeah, but pretty much in Hebrews uh, 12 and 13. But yeah, right. isn't it interesting, though, after we were just talking about faith, that here he comes back to it again, Jesus. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author or the originator, the perfecter of faith, the finisher of faith. And, and so when we talk about running this race, as you were just talking about, I always like to say that this is a race where we actually get to start at the finish line. Yes, yes. Uh, for those of you who have ran a marathon, you know, that's not how it works. The finish line is a place of rest, uh, and, and that's where we're at in, in Christ, you see. And so uh, as he goes on here, he gets into some Old Testament scriptures as he's talking to these Jewish people. My son, verse 12, do not, uh, well, uh, let's go with, the ver- I'm sorry, verse 4, you have not resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. Do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines and he scourges every son whom he receives. I think that's uh, actually from uh, the Proverbs, uh, that last part there. But mm. So what we have here, I think, is, is uh, an exhortation that sometimes we need correction. That's actually a a word where when the Lord disciplines, teaches, corrects is the word in the Greek there, and um, that's going to happen. I mean, we we all need correction, right? Just as real children need discipline from their parents, they need to be taught, they need to be corrected. Not a real big deal there. This is uh, this is life. We we learn, and and the Spirit of God who lives within us is now our teacher. He's not just a doctrinal teacher, but he's there to teach us how to live, because of the life of Christ that is in us. Now we can reflect that life and light that now abides in us. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, he goes on talking about some of this uh, this discipline thing here for for a little bit. And, and yeah, and, and some, as you sometimes said, Joel, he, sometimes um, change can be painful. Sometimes it can be uncomfortable. And that's really what he's talking about here. It, it's, it's not like God is purposely making us be in pain or he's like scourging us hard because, like you said, the word is really correction. But it, it's for our good. He, what he does is for our good. He wants the best for us yeah, as a father. Right. He's a father and he, he's looking out for what's best for us. Right. Yeah. It's not so much a punishment, but as as verse 10 says, it's so that we may share uh, his holiness. And, and although sometimes discipline, correction, it doesn't always seem like it's a joyful thing. In the end, it brings the peaceful fruit of righteousness, verse 11. And so pursue peace with all men, verse 14, and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. And some sometimes the legalists like to use that verse 14 there to say, ah, see, sanctification, we're supposed to pursue that. Well, of course, we're pursuing peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. Well, so in other words, if those who think for those who think sanctification is progressive, what if you don't reach the end of the line? What if, <laughs> what if you don't get to the finish line? What if you're not fully sanctified? Then you won't ever see the Lord. See, it's a scary verse, and it's not meant to be that way because we found out earlier that it was sanctification that was gifted to us through the body of Jesus Christ. 
See that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness uh, springs up and causes trouble. You see, when we get off into those things, it's not that we lose the grace of God. It's just that it doesn't measure up to the grace of God that's been gifted to us when we start getting into all kinds of bitterness and all kinds of uh, arguments and dissensions and things like that. And, and so there's encouragement here to, as you said, Joel, uh, live this thing out in the way that it's been gifted to you because there was so much good news leading up to this. I think sometimes people always want to look to read bad news into the scriptures, and uh, it shouldn't be that way. Also, uh, verse 28 we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken. So let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Right. Yep. That's good. You know, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably. It's it's grace. It's his grace. Um, our God is a consuming fire. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. He's a jealous God, the Old Testament says, and that's a good thing, too. He's jealous for us, not someone who's off the rails with jealousy. So uh, this is all good news for us. Chapter 13, as we wind down here, let brotherly love continue. Again, some more exhortations. You know, love one another. Uh, don't forget to entertain strangers. I think this was written by Peter Furler of the Newsboys. Uh, <laughs> for, for By doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Let marriage be honorable among all, the bed undefiled. More uh, really good encouragement and exhortation here. And I like throughout uh, chapter 13 here, there may be some other things you want to touch on, Cap. But, you know, we'll let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So it's like a lot of people have a lot of worry in their lives, worried about finances, worried about circumstances in life. And he says, we can be content because Jesus says he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. So that's some good encouragement there. Uh, verse um, 9, well, verse 8 Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I've always loved that. He doesn't change. He's not going to be one way one day and a different way another day. Uh, like he's your always Bible the same. Translation. What's that? Right. Like yes. your Bible translation. Right. Here, do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines, for it is good that the heart be established by grace, not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. He's talking about these old covenant laws here. Uh, don't let your heart be established with all these old laws and all these old things, but with grace, it is good that the heart be established or strengthened by God's grace. So a lot of good encouragement here. Again, a lot of it having to do with daily living and a lot of it just practical stuff that's based upon the finished work of Christ and our identity that we have received in him. Yeah, this part here where it says, uh, don't be carried away by various and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods. And he goes on to say, we have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals, looking back now to the old system, the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by a high priest as an offering for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus, the Lamb of God, also that he might sanctify the people through his own blood, suffered outside the gate. So let us go out to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. Here again is that sanctification thing. 
he sanctified us through his blood, not through your moral living. <laughs> mm-hmm, right. And so I just wanted to point that out. But uh, and, and then the writer goes on to finish up here and just encourages people a little bit more. But this is, uh, this is just a wonderful piece of writing here to these uh, Jewish people who had come from a, a system of dead works and sacrifices that couldn't take away sin and have been restored into a, a new covenant from which Jesus is the mediator of. I can let you finish up here, Joel. Right. Yeah. Well, it, um, he ends with, I don't know, my favorite all time words, those from Italy greet you. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been well, greeted by anybody from Italy. So, you know, that's verse 24 and Grace, no, real seriously though, grace be with you all. Amen. That's how there he ends. Go. That's Bingo. how he ends it. And it's so, so it's really. The bottom line, verse 25. Right verse. on, right on, right on. So uh, a really, I've used this word a lot, but it's, it's a really good word, I think, for this rich and it's deep. This whole epistle that he wrote to uh, his Hebrew brothers telling about all that was accomplished through the sufficient the one sufficient sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Nothing will ever beat it. Nothing is ever going to be better than that. Our moral living, other sacrifices, our attempts at trying to be good for God, nothing outdoes what Jesus has done for us. That's really It's a really all about God's grace. That really is the bottom line when it comes to the book of Hebrews. So, wrapping up, finally but with uh, hopefully a lot of grace that you've um, gained throughout this whole thing. Wrapping up our series on Hebrews right here on the podcast, Growing in Grace. Find all of our past podcasts and the whole entire Hebrews series at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.